0: I get the privilege and the honor to uh, serve within a ministry that is actually going in, uh, past its third year on the ground, um, fourth, fourth year since the, the vision was birthed, but with the Grand Rapids Dream Center. And uh, a lot of people, the number one question is, man, that, that sounds cool. Where is the Dream Center? And it kind of throws people off because the Dream Center is not so much about a place or a destination in the city. But actually, our, our mission is actually to mobilize people into serving inside, that's a key word for us, inside the communities of our city. And so we're, we're in a day and age right now where maybe you've noticed, but a, a lot of the lost or the younger generation, they're not as comfortable coming to traditional church. And uh, just to be perfectly honest, the more I engage the lost um, or the younger generation, a lot of them just don't get church. And, um, you know, and for us, out of a desperation, it was just like, man, we just need to do whatever it takes. I mean, we, we've got a mission statement, and I'm kind of telling you that right now, but, but let, me, let me give you the, the mission statement of the Lord. Whatever it takes. And sometimes um, some folks want to nail us down, like you got to make this like a box, and you got to put it on a manufacturing line, and that's ministry. Let me tell you, people don't work that way. Try to treat people that way. Try to disciple them that way. Try to raise your kids that way, and watch what happens. And so for us, we try to have a highly flexible, adaptive attitude, but we've got to be inside where the needs are to engage the lost. If, if, they're, if they're not coming quite like they used to, we got to go get them. And so um, the other outcome for us is we believe through uh, authenticity and consistency. So if we're inside the same communities, we build trusted relationships. You earn trust. I don't have a lot of time today um, to tell you the beautiful stories, the walls that have been overcome through the approach, but it works it just works. We're overcoming walls for those who don't want nothing to do with God. We're overcoming racial walls, um, diverse walls, um, sexual orientation walls, uh, you name them. You know, the issues that are really uh, the buzz topics of the culture. And isn't God good? God brought the walls down, it says in the book of Ephesians. And for us, the, the last part of, of the outcome, of course, is this. Uh, we believe that we're, we're going to lead people into a totally committed relationship following Christ, almost another piece of the mission and the vision here at Res Life. Um, that's the outcome, right? It's eternity. Uh, hell's too long to be wrong, man. <laughs> and so um, whatever it takes, and... Um, You know, there's a there's a commonality for the mission uh, of the believer. It's a commonality for all of us in here, and um, it's very very simple. It's discipleship. It always comes back to discipleship. A couple other quick things too before I get rolling. Um, Tom had wanted me to invite everybody. Um, I don't want this to come across like a promo. So just anybody who's led by the Lord. I I don't want to fancy it up and. Oh, convince you to come. But if you're compelled, um, you're definitely invited, though, to come hear more about the Dream Center and some some compelling things. Uh, Monday, October 16th, Shane wearingo one of our, our, our staff folks back there. A lot of you guys know Shane. He's, part, he's been part of the Reload family. Guys, give Shane a shout-out. Pick it up. Come grab it. But but do it if the Lord wants you to. Um and so um, back to this thing called discipleship and um, this whatever it takes thing for me, it's been very challenging. Um, you know, I came in this morning with a word and, and some of it's coming out, but then God kind of was adjusting things uh, all morning long and, and during worship. You know, one of the biggest challenging whatever it takes things for me, I'm in a season of um, probably the most heightened part of discipleship in its form as a father, and so my, my daughter, she is 14, and uh, man, she's that first child, personality, stable and able. God bless her, man. <laughs> she's handling those hormones and emotions really, really well. Maybe, maybe better than a lot of ladies, but they're there, okay? And then my son, he's 12, and then my, my youngest, um, Judah, he's seven, But it's like a time with my 12 and and, and my 14-year-old, where, and some of you men probably know this, with your own children or your grandchildren, it's almost like a really sponge-like soaking kind of time, right? It's like, you know, they're coming into their own, dots are being connected, they're they're understanding and seeing a a whole world more of information. And of course, um, dynamics are different now with the internet. I could probably spend a lot of time on how we manage and we do control the internet in our house. Uh, I would encourage you to pray about that. Um, don't let your kids have free reign on the internet, okay? Um, the parents should have the predominant voice in, in their children's hearts. And uh, the, the law first mention, it's powerful. God can't redeem it when we don't get to be the, He can redeem it when we don't get to be the first voice. But if we have the ability to have that first voice, man, let's take advantage of it, man. I'm telling you what. Now, my kids, though, they, they still get to, to experience Google and YouTube. We're not the, you know, you know, you might think we're Amish or something, you know, no Internet. Um, not picking on the Amish. There's actually a lot of great values there. But um, we, we have a balance of preparing them. You don't send a soldier out into war, um, not unless you had to. With an M16, what happens? They go through training, right? And they 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 come into a maturity and a place where they're ready for certain situations. And uh, I have to say, I'm seeing a purity. And um, with my son, you know, it my the greatest thing inside of me, always, always, always. Um, I I almost could probably really say it's it's been a fear to be honest with you. It's, it's been this fear that I would not rise up to be the father that I'm called to be. And man, I have just, I've wrestled with this thing for years. And uh, a lot of you know me. You know, people look at me, wow, that guy's like a man's man. He was a conqueror and athlete and he's loud and awake in the morning, you know. Uh, and then yet there's this fear that I'm just, I'm going to miss it. You know, I, sometimes I look around in the culture and it's like we're cattle, going in one direction with the masses, and we kind of just do it, and we don't stop and intervene or or think things through or take time to break the mold and, and, and be intentional. And somehow, you know, that fear, one day I'm going to wake up, and I missed it. But I'm happy to say that although my dad, I love him, and uh, he worked hard, and he had to share of struggles, he wasn't able to um, father me in ways that like he wanted to or be there for me like he wanted to, but he did love me. Um God is redeeming that, you know, through a legacy inside of me because the Holy Spirit is shepherding me on how how to become a father. And and God is faithful. He's put fathers and, and men in my life. You know, and um when we have an openness and we we allow ourselves to receive, God will place those people in our life. They're actually all around us, and sometimes we don't even know it. We just gotta let them in. And um and so, so here we are with my son, and um, it's like, God, how are we going to do this, man? Like, here we are. Dang, you know, like, my, you know, my daughter, we did something special. We did a passage ceremony. Has anybody ever heard of passage? It actually used to be very cultural in a lot of different cultures. It's, it, it, it's a time of instilling confidence in that transition from uh, a child to adulthood. And uh, that was very, very special. um lady elders came around her and um did did a did a ceremony and it was very powerful. There was one guy invited, right who was that? yep, that was me. I was a hot mess, crying all over and stuff um but there's power identity right identity identity, identity, but you know guys, man, guys are different, you know girls, it's all emotional, and it's scrapbooks and Rings and jewelry and and that stuff's great, but man man that that's different and then here's the here's the other thing with my son, uh, my twelve year old he's completely different from me he 's not really a natural athlete. Um, I, I look at my son Judah, uh, my youngest, now he used to punch my oldest son, Noah, and Noah would cry and and so, I, I, but, I, but, but noahs a, he's a warrior too. I, you know, I call my youngest a warrior, and my, my son Noah's like the warrior poet. You know what I mean? There's value in both. It's God's masculine heart in both, but it's like, God, how are we going to do this? And um, read a book recently. Uh, anybody heard of Play the Man it's by Mark Batterson? National uh, Community Church. He wrote The Circle Maker. And I was like, "Man, Batterson, you did it to us again. You done up the ante again." But he actually talked about a thing—a um, year of covenant. And so uh, I've been in this journey in a year of covenant with my son. And um, where I'm going with this is this: whatever it takes, you know. And I—I I knew something important for my son was. Um, Although not a natural athlete, he needed to be challenged um, to work hard and to learn how to, to overcome things mentally and physically. Um, but man, it's like how do you do that? And uh, lo and behold, somehow um, he makes a decision to go out for cross country. Oh Lord Jesus, help us! And you know the only way we could motivate him to do it is uh, what, what? What do you think? I had to run with him, <laughs> whatever it takes. And something I'm, I'm learning, okay, so amazing story, man, and the teenager side's going good, but, man, it's a process, fellas. You know, you know, come on, preach to me, guys. <laughs> you know, he's turning corners and doing things with it. I, I'm amazed, and there's been sometimes I've been so frustrated with him. But you know what it's it's doing? It's bringing stuff out uh, from out within me. You know, and uh, now the running thing's becoming a revolution. Um, Yeah, pray for me. But what I'm learning is whatever it takes, and for us applying that, going inside of our city where there's the greatest amount of needs there's, there is such intense needs around us, guys. You don't need to go to a third world country and pay thousands of dollars. Literally, you, you can have your mission and your ministry right here every single week. It's possible. It's doable. I, I'm hoping that in, in the short amount of time, I can leave some encouragement with everybody today on what that looks like and, and, and what maybe the next level could be for, for, for those of us who are struggling with these issues and what, what, one thing I've learned is we've engaged the lost and some people in some of the most broken situations um, around us right here in our backyard, five minutes away, every day. You know, the, the, the way to the Lord for us, we, we still have preaching um, because that's in the Scripture, it's in the Great Commission, but it looks different. Preaching takes on a lot of different life forms. We still have proclamation just like this. It has its place and aspects, But the preaching has been through doing life and living the lifestyle, and it's been uh, with a word I call with. Say with. You know, the men that we have now reached and we're discipling every week, they, um, I I don't know if it's just a generation, just going to be honest, they don't really listen to a lot of what we say, do they, Shane? (laughs) But when we are doing with them, guess What? There's things emerging in them, and that's what they always come back to. Um, Here's another, um, some realities we've seen. We've tried to get some to come to traditional church because they start to turn corners, and we'll always keep trying to do that. Uh, I don't know if it's just me and my generation. I love traditional church. But it seems like they fall off. But you know where they always find their way back? When we're uh, having community together, we're breaking bread, and then we're going out and doing the work. And like a revelation that struck us is, um, and, and it's doing the work together with each other. Um, they always come back. That's their church. They're literally starting to grow, get breakthroughs, and become awakened to the Lord and, and and His Word and everything else through this process. And I believe God's challenging us. He's challenging the church to say, are we willing to have a whatever-it-takes attitude? Because we get self-imposed limitations, or we've been doing things so long we like them, we're comfortable, but the gospel is actually one of the most uncomfortable things there is. There should, there should always be a source of uh, uncomfort. It's just the reality. Look at what Jesus did. Jesus died and sacrificed all. And um, we, can, we can get casual with that message, but it, it's crucifying to start to embrace discipling my son, it's been crucifying to go in to where you know, he is and to, to, to get into places where he is. It's been crucifying in the city to learn what that is, to learn new culture and, and, and different things. And, uh, but yet, I've never been the, the most alive that I've, I've ever been. And I believe God would challenge us, you know, what does that look like for us? What, what are we willing to do? And it doesn't mean we've got to conquer Rome in one day. But uh, on the other side of that, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. We can't wait either. And um, we li- we're living in a special time. That would probably be for another message, um, the days that we live in. But God, uh, God has called us to live with this drive, wi- with this purpose. That's, that's the design of the believer. It's the, it's the design of men. Um. I kind of coined it today. Uh, now, I totally ripped this off from Luke Barnett, Matthew Barnett's uh, brother, the founder of the Dream Center. But uh, I coined it today as the Dream-Centered Life. Uh, he actually wrote a book called The Dream-Centered Life, phenomenal book. Um, and what does that mean? Well, Rick Warren calls it the purpose-driven life. It means there's this common thread into in how we try to approach things uh, every single day. What does that purpose look like? What does that whatever it takes, look like, how does that manifest for us? What's that look like? Um, the Scripture says this, Esther 4.14, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. So, yeah, God will wait around from you, wait around for you, but then he'll go out and get somebody else to do the job. And, um, but you and your father's house will perish. And, and that's funny. I believe that's a picture, too. Of like a slow death or a riding away, even though everything outwardly could be safe, secure, and comforting, but but stuff's riding away. But yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Not really trying to get all preachy and excited. It is the truth, men. This is a special time. There's a lot of powerful teachers right now that 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 believe according to prophecy that um there is there is so much biblically and historically that point to the last days right now that, that uh, the last generation could be here. Now, I'm not, this not a gloom or doom. Don't take that. Said like Greg said. Only the Father knows the time and the hour, okay? But there's an urgency, and we're all special, guys. We get to be a part of it. We're in a day and age, uh, talking about the Internet earlier, where the whole world can get a message at one time. Literally, that could have never happened before. Things like that. I mean, it is a powerful time. The scripture tells us this, uh, Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. It's easy to just become numb and, and stop caring. And for some, um, it gets extreme. It gets extreme um, because the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's another powerful scripture, Acts two, seventeen. In the last days, your young men will have visions, and your old men will uh, dream dreams. Uh, sorry, I, I went into 17, and I didn't do the whole scripture. I'm going to do 17 and 18 here. And it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, which is a very glorious promise, guys, where even before the new covenant, the spirit operated differently. But yet it's available to us, just like it was to Jesus, the power um, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. So, what's the commonality between the young men and the old men? Um, visions and dreams. Well, really, what it's this it's a picture, right? They both are expressing pictures, God's speaking pictures and and there's there's a there's a picture and an image of several of them that he's put inside of all of us because of the work he's called us to do. and And me talking about getting uncomfortable and not having limitation, God has put pictures inside of all of you that are outside the box. and a lot of us men were afraid of them. We're totally afraid. But it's awesome. Um, God's perfect love, first John four eighteen casts out what? Cast out fear. And it comes with a decision, and it comes with a heart to decide to act, to act, to try to do things differently. Um, you know, I, I go back to my son and this thing. I'm like, I I, I don't know how this is going to work out to influence him or to get going with this. I'll go back to the running. But you know what I just had to do? I had to just tie the shoestrings and start running. <laughs> That's simple. Um. I could have analyzed it, that sucker to death, but I had to just get out there and, and start doing it. And of course, God has has charted the way. God has has been teaching us to have a rhythm. Um, man, I wish I had more time. Maybe maybe it'll be for another message. Um, taking you through the the big the bigger picture of a, a dreaming process and what's that, what that's looked like for me. Um, I'm going to jump around a little bit because there are, there are some things I want to get to. Um, the other thing I, we're seeing with the gospel, it is hard. You say that with me. It is hard. But, men, we're created for adversity. We're created for strength and weight on our backs and shoulders. The paradox is this. We're shoulder to carry that pressure for our families, our children, for our communities, but yet it, there's an effortless place with it, too. And the, the hardness of the gospel, uh, I, God's brought me back to. Now, I, I've been involved in this stuff for about going on 19 years, I believe, inside of uh, what, what we would call vocational ministry and seeing different styles of, of, of reaching the lost, discipleship, and never before have I been awakened more to um, the depth of the gospel, guys. It, there's a depth to it. And the thing that, that we're seeing more than anything, this whatever-it-takes mindset to reach somebody and see them discipled is it's difficult, guys. It's messy. It is so messy. And my whole idea of easy discipleship, getting somebody, and, man, they're just going to follow, and they're going to be able to read books, read the Scripture, and they're going to be the disciple clone, man. Man, that's, that's been shattered. You know, getting into the spaces of the lost and seeing the problems and challenges of today and being in areas of our city where there's need and poverty, it's not that easy. And if I would have held on to the mindset of of an easy discipleship in a box, we would have quit three and a half years ago. But people, we don't quit on people. And God doesn't quit on us, does he? And he uses people to execute his plan. And the funny thing for me, just seeing the depth of how hard it is, of course it was so easy for me to forget uh, my messiness. We all got some, don't we, guys? And the shenanigans that I've pulled through the years and the, the, the times I've tried to quit. But the gospel is hard, and, and I feel like uh, there's an admonition the Lord wants to speak to the body of Christ when it comes to the relationships he's called us in, men. It's going to be difficult, and he's calling a, a man and a people and a body that's going to really stick with it. One, uh, a, a body where you can know and understand your people, the people God called you to, and it's it's not just your family. God's called us to disciple our family, but he's also called us to go beyond, and um, to stick with it, to be committed, to be committed, it's going to be sacrificial, it's going to hurt, I mean... Man, I I had a guy we've been working on for three years. He's been getting breakthroughs like you wouldn't imagine. We uh, he was going through some stuff the last few weeks. We had an intervention. We're like, oh, you know, when interventions go good, you're like, yeah. (laughs) Because usually, sometimes those those things stink and they don't go that good. This guy's on track. He's doing everything he knows he needs to do. And guess what? Yesterday, he's gone off the radar. And it's like, man, I remember in the beginning, that stuff used to hurt so bad, I I just wanted to quit. And uh, it's like, you know, I think I can feel good about doing some church things, and just, I can serve here and there, but I don't have to be involved in the relationship. But man, check, I'm going to heaven, and and God will say, good job. It's more than that, guys. It's more than that. We're not quitting on this guy, because God gave a word when I was praying about it. He says, though they fall, yet they will rise. And they're going to do it through a man and a people who won't quit, who won't give up, and who will go to the hard places, the uncomfortable places, and they'll do whatever it takes. Because Jesus and God did that for us. A couple quick things as we're winding down um, today. I would like to just maybe dispel a couple of myths within discipleship and being involved in relationships. Um, Now, myth number one, as a Christian, people think, well, as a Christian, it'll just happen. Bent, wrong. It won't just happen. You have to be aware and tuned in. Oh, my timer is telling me. You got to be tuned in with the Spirit, you've got to be intentional. Man, you know, it is so intentional with my son. I wish I had time to break down the process. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, there needs to be intentionality. Myth number two, we, um, let me see if I wrote this right here. Um, we can't, we, I'm trying to think how I want to word this. I, I want to get this wording right. I want it to come across correctly. Um, I believe there's a myth that it's good enough if we just Disciple just our families, and 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 we 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 can't go outside of that. Um, That's not the best way I wanted to word it this morning, men. But um, I'm trying to be respectful of our time. Um, God actually has a rhythm and a routine for us where we can effectively father. Um, where we can effectively be a husband, but yet we can still disciple outside of our family unit. It all fits and works together. We need to know that, man. Um, I'm going to keep moving. Um, I think sometimes some people think that, well, I'm just going to be crazy ministry over here, but then my family is going to be in the pot over here. So it's got to be one or the other. And it's not true. It's both, guys. It's both. Um. This is not just the call of the pastor, or the evangelist. This is the actually discipleship at the end of the gospels. I don't have time to, to, to whip those scriptures out. I got them here. Um, it's the call of the what the believer, every believer. So you know, vocationally, some people would say I'm an evangelist, and well, that that's great. Um, I'm just call me what you want. I'm just gonna do it. But guess what, I. I've got to call as a believer, as an everyday believer, take off my, my vocational hat or my body of Christ hat. I've got to call as a believer in the admonition of the Lord. But here's the thing, God's not trying to beat us upside the head. This is exciting, guys. This is awesome, like, what happens. Like, I, I got to tell you, the fruit that we're seeing from the love of God that's persisting and overcoming challenges and guys flaking out and the messiness of discipleship, watching the life of God come alive, watching people start to overcome walls. And, um, and you know, I, I remember when my kids went from crawling to walking, and it's like, yes, good job. And, and watching that happen, it, it, there's so much beauty. Guys, there's hope in this process there's going to be times in the messiness of it; it doesn't feel like it, it, it works, but it works. God is in it; His spirit's moving. It's the call of the believer. Um, last myth, and then I'm going to pray. Um, discipleship only takes place at a church, but we we kind of talked about that in the beginning. Maybe more than now, every day in our day and age. Um, there's a, a lot more people that, that are too scared to come into the church doors um, or for other reasons. There's walls there, but, but, but we have the ability to go get them, whether that's our workplace um, or it's, it's God sending you somewhere, and you go, well, how does that work, Greg? It just works through commitment and consistency that says I'm I'm gonna be there in that space with those folks you've called me to, those people you called me to. I'm here to stay and I'm not leaving. And through the grace of God and the Spirit of God, God blesses that process and he helps us to be committed and to be balanced. Let's pray, fellas. Lord Jesus, I'm just I I want to trust you and, and and believe you today for this word, God. I thank you for the time that we did have. And, and, Father God, I thank you for these men, God. I thank you, Lord God, that, that you mess with us, Lord Jesus, because you want more for us. You want that life of God to permeate us, God. And, God, for those of us who feel stuck, God, like we're in a rut, Lord Jesus, and we can't move, maybe we feel like we've had the desire for so long, God, you're, you're calling me out into this, or, God, you're telling me to do this, There's a part of my dream that needs to come to life because it's going to forward the gospel. God, I thank you, Lord God, just for impregnating that hope. God, I thank you, Lord God, for breakthrough, Lord God, supernatural breakthrough. I thank you for some men, Lord God, that they'll just take a step, Lord God. Maybe it's a small, small step. They don't even know what it means, Lord God. But because of that, it's going to blow up some movement for what that looks like, Father God, in and through their lives. I thank you, Father God, for for blessing every father, Lord God, every son, every mentor, Lord God, every leader, whatever that looks like, Lord God. I thank you, God, that you, Father God, mobilize us out, Lord God, for the call and for the need. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen, fellas. Well, thank you guys.